At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Good morning, Philly Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Eastern Family Podcast. Got tremendous podcasts for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by one of our good friends as Jill Gallant of FTM Bets and the FTN Network is going to be joining me. He does a great job with the show Dog Day Afternoon and when it comes to the NFL season, Touchdown Town, where he always takes a look at plus money underdogs. And with it being G-Dog 5000, dog spelled D-A-W-G, he is a man that he likes some underdogs. So in the second segment, we're going to talk to him about what we've been noticing with regards to some of these totals and the fact that we have been seeing a little bit of a higher scoring just output in general from these offenses. And then on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at what we've all got on the slate for Monday and in the final segment, we are going to be taking a look at picks and analysis and every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you've got one or two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I know that quite a few of you guys have asked me over the last few days about betting on streaks slash fading streaks, what have you. So 
Let's dive into that right about now. So you have questions and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. I do think that when it comes to taking streaks slash fading streaks, it is something to where you shouldn't be adjusting your numbers too much when it comes to a streak. I know that someone was asking me, how can you bet on the Phillies? Because they've won like seven or eight straight games and momentum is only as good as your next day's starting pitcher because while a team might be on a seven game win streak, you could wind up having a pitcher that, I mean, it's just their second time making a start in that streak and they might be like two and six overall for the season. You've got to be gauging all of these ordeals very individually and you could wind up having a team that's on like a six game win streak and then reigning Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns winds up coming into the fold and they have to face off against him. So I do think that you do want to be gauging streaks. You'll always notice me taking a look at things. I'll be like, oh, DMX wound up losing it out of their last 10, something like that. And I always take a look at the trends here in the first segment as to what we're seeing out of some of these teams. But I do think that every game is its own living, breathing entity. Like, I mean, for instance, the Philadelphia Phillies, they wind up having their streak wind up coming to an end on Sunday where they had won nine straight games. That was their longest win streak in a decade, and you just don't see a lot of long win streaks in Major League Baseball. I mean, over the course of a year, you're probably going to see your really good teams go on win streaks of six-plus games like twice. I mean, there's just so much variance because you wind up having just a lot of up and down. It's very hard to be able to get like one three-game sweep over a team. Typically, you're going to find a lot of the best teams when taking two out of three from even some of these worst teams out there in Major League Baseball. Sweeps are pretty rare. More than one sweep in a row, very, very rare. So I do think that it is very important to not be prisoner of the moment. Just continue to take every game on its own merit. Now, there are teams that you have to downgrade because they're just playing worse in general, like the LA Angels, for instance. They have lost 16 out of their last 18 games. I'm obviously not as bullish on them right now as I was three weeks ago, but I do think that it's important to not be prisoner of the moment, not over just making a team that was like a minus 120 favorite, like a minus 160 favorite because we're riding like a six-game win streak or anything like that. So hopefully that winds up clearing things up. It just puts it into a little bit of perspective. You want to be gauging streaks, but not having it be a just absolute serious influencer and just make your numbers out of whack. So that's my thoughts there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Now let's take a look back at everything that we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Sunday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. One of those teams riding a bad streak, the Milwaukee Brewers. They had lost eight straight games. They were able to get off the schneid. Four to one. They wind up taking out the Washington Nationals as Jason Alexander. No, not the man that was from Seinfeld. Four and two-thirds innings. Gives up seven hits, three walks, but just one run. And then from there, bullpen was able to lock it down. Devin Williams, Josh Shader both give you a scoreless inning along with Brad Boxberg and Hobie Milner. Four outside the bullpen and for the Brewers. Pair of home runs in this one power them. William Adamas is 11th of the campaign and Andrew Bacuchin is fourth as Paul Espino takes a loss as he won three and two-thirds innings. Sort of was piggybacked off of Evan Lee. Lee winds going two and a third innings after that, giving up two runs, including a homer. But Espino gives up a one run in his three and two-thirds innings. Andres Machado, two innings from there, and Carl Edwards Jr. winds up giving up one of those home runs himself as the Nationals they wind up straining 10 men on base in this one as the Phillies they were riding a long streak of their own their nine game win streak that is now kaput 13 to 1 wound up having the Arizona Diamondbacks put the beat down on them as the Ranger Suarez wound up getting the start and not been a good year for Suarez he winds up giving up four runs two of which were earned in his four and a third innings Nick Nelson from there gives up four runs while getting four outs Jose Alvarado gives up two runs in an inning James Norwood gives up two runs in an inning and Garrett Stubbs 
Wound up giving up a home run in his one inning of work. That is a position player. It's Andrew Balotti. Wound up giving it out of the bullpen for the Arizona the Diamondbacks. It was the home run in the ninth inning coming from the pinch hitter. Jake McCarthy, his third home run of the season. And then Kyle Nelson served as an opener for Luke Weaver. Nelson, a scoreless inning. Weaver gives up one run in three innings in his first stint in quite a while. But then from there, Joe Manatipoli, Noe Ramirez, and Caleb Smith, they pretty much combined for three scoreless innings. Sean Poppin, Mark Melanson, both able to give you a scoreless inning. The Cleveland Guardians let off the day very early on with a 6-3 W over the Oakland A's as for Oakland, you did wind up having a trio of solo home runs in this one as Ramon Laureano was able to get a second home run in the campaign. Seth Brown has actually gotten very hot with the bat. His eighth home run season, I believe, is third home run in the last five games. And Christian Bethencourt, he's been starting to heat up as well. He gets his fourth of the season. But Cole Irvin, very much a pitch of contact guy, got roughed up. Five runs, four of which were earned, given up in five and two-thirds innings. You did wind up having one run, give it up in two innings by Adam Uller. And you wound up having Austin Brewitt give you an out of the bullpen as well for Cleveland. Cal Quantrill, now in his last 27 appearances, he's given up three runs or fewer in 25 of them. Gives up one of those home runs in his six innings of work as Trevor Steven gave up the other two. Two runs given up in his inning. Brian Shaw, Emmanuel Classe, both give you a scoreless inning as the Guardians. They go 4 of 13 with men in scoring position. And then in a baseball, the Angels their continued downward spiral continues. 4 to 1. The New York Mets were able to get it done as for the Mets. Pair of home runs in this one. Pete Alonso's 18th home run season that comes off of Rossi Iglesias and starter Patrick Sandoval gives up his first home run the season as it was J.D. Davis who was able to give it a ride for a second home run season. For Sandoval, not a bad start. Takes a loss but gives up just two runs over the course of six innings. From there, Aaron Loop, Archie Bradley combined for an inning, giving up a run in the process. Ryan Tabera scores a but Iglesias, he winds up giving up that home run in the ninth inning as for the L.A. Angels. Not a lot doing it off. It's Taiwan Walker punches out 10, gives up one run in six innings. Seth Lugo and Edwin Diaz combined to be able to give you three scoreless innings as Mike Trout was able to get a hit and an RBI in this one, so he's busted out of his funk a little bit, but certainly that's the team. They're not having a good go of it. Wound up seeing quite a few unders out there on the West Coast, by the way, as the San Francisco Giants, they take down the L.A. Dodgers by a count of 2-0. As for L.A., you wind up having Julio Arias. One day, relatively solid start. He did wind up giving up two solo runs in his six innings, but punch out 10. Going deep for the Giants, Austin Slater, third home run of the season, and Mikey Stromsky, his sixth, as Carlos Roran was even better for the San Francisco Giants. Eight punch outs, six scoreless innings. John Brebbia, along with Dominique Leon, Jake McGee, they're all able to give you a scoreless setting. And for the LA Dodgers, Evan Phillips, Alex Vizia combined for a scoreless setting. And Bruce Harder Greiderall was able to give you a scoreless setting as well as. He did wind up having Chris Taylor wind up exiting this game as well. So something small to take note of there. The Cincinnati Reds got to take note of the fact that their offense has been able to heat up recently as they take down the St. Louis Cardinals by kind of 7-6. Graham Ashcraft, his worst start of the season as he wound up entering into this game with an ERA that was sub-1-5. Gets up four runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including a home run to Nolan Arenado, 11th home run season for Arenado, and Juan Yepes gets his fifth home run the campaign off of Alexis Diaz, but that's too little, too late. Diaz does wind up giving up two runs in an inning as the St. Louis Cardinals were down three going into the ninth inning. They very nearly came back, but Art Warren, Jeff Hoffman, they were combined for one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Tony Santee and Luis Sessa, they combined to give you five outs as well. And for the Cincinnati Reds, it was all about fam. Tommy Pham, his eighth home run season. That winds up coming off of Yohan Oviedo. He winds up lying a home run in his ending of work. And for Dakota Hudson, just not a good start in general. Gives up six runs in seven innings, nine hits in total. As CJ McFarlane 
Rise coming in. He launched a scoreless inning as well. The Slam Diego Padres got slammed for the second straight day by the Colorado Rockies. 4-2 the final. The Rockies get the job done as Odomar Marquez. His second start this season in which he allowed fewer than three runs. Two runs given up over the course of seven innings. Sid White belong. A home run in the process going deep for the Padres. Luke Voigt, his sixth home run of the season, but... For the Rockies, Lucas Gilbert, Daniel Bart, both give you a scoreless inning as for the San Diego Padres. It was a halfway decent start here from Blake Snell, giving up two runs in six innings. Had to get out of a few sticky situations, but with that said, from there, yeah, Nabel Crismet and Tim Hill both give you a scoreless inning, but Luis Garcia has been pretty reliable this season. Gives up two runs over the course of his inning of work. You wound up seeing the Seattle Mariners after they wound up having a nice come-from-behind win on Saturday. Get shut out on Sunday, 2-0. Boston winds up being able to get it done as Cutter Crawford was sent up from the minor leagues to start this one. Wound up walking four and five innings, but doesn't give up any runs from there. Ryan Brazier, a scoreless inning. Austin Davis, along Tyler Danish. They combine for a scoreless inning. And John Schreiber and Tanner Oak both lend a scoreless inning. Meanwhile, for Seattle, you wound up having this team go 0-6 with Ben in scoring position in. Robbie Ray, his best start of the year. Seven scoreless settings. Didn't wind up getting a lot of strikeouts, but just one walk. Paul Seawald, he winds up taking the L as he winds up giving up two runs in his inning, including home run to Rafael Devers. His second in two days and his 14th of the campaign as Sergio Romo did not submerge this game as he winds up lending a scoreless setting as well. But for the Seattle Mariners, they now find themselves at 27-33. and And for the Boston Red Sox, 32-29. and This is a team that is rising fast and... A team that has not been able to rise all season long has been the Chicago White Sox. Second straight day in which they wind up going to Exers with the Texas Rangers and the Rangers. They once again get it done. 8-6 to six of finalized for the Rangers. 55 shades of John Gray. Well, he didn't wind up having 55 strikeouts, but he did have 10. Gave up just one run in his six innings of work. And then things wound up getting hairy from there. Garrett Richards, he winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of a third of an inning. John King is able to lend two scoreless innings and Santana. One and two-thirds innings scoreless and Joe Barlow. Not great. Three runs, two of which were earned. We're giving up in extras. Kobe Allard winds up coming in in the 12th and lends a scoreless inning as for the Texas Rangers. Pair of home runs power them to victory as you had Ezekiel Duran get his second home run season and Eli White is third for the Chicago White Sox. You wound up having Jose Ruiz come in, and he gave up three runs, two of which were earned in his inning of work. Matt Foster, two runs, one of which was earned. Gave it up in his inning of work as Johnny Cueto wound up working as a bulk guy. It looked like he was going to be starting the game on Monday. Instead, he winds up coming out of the bullpen, gives up three runs over the course of five innings as Michael Kopech winds up getting just two outs. He had to leave this game due to injury, I believe, as Rinaldo Lopez wanted two-thirds inning scoreless, and he did wind up having a pair of scoreless innings also thrown in this game by Tanner Banks. So... Not necessarily ideal for the White Sox. They wound up having to get 11 and a third innings out of their bullpen. So, not necessarily terrific on that front. This was good for the Rays front as they wind up avoiding a sweep at the hands of the Minnesota Twins, 6-0. They wind up taking down Minnesota as Kevin Kiermeyer. His seventh home run season, not known as a power hitter, but he goes deep off of Ty Duffy as a Duff man, not able to deliver as he gives up that home run over the course of two innings. He did wind up having two and a third inning scoreless out of Tyler Thornburg, who is right now being passed around the major leagues by like a basket of breadsticks with how many uniforms he's been putting on. And Cole Sands, he found Sands, giving up five runs in four and two-thirds innings. Meanwhile, for the Minnesota Twins, they go 0-4 with runners in scoring position, nothing doing off of Jeffrey Springs, who has a buck 45 ERA. He's been tremendous as a starter five and a third inning scoreless. Matt Weisler gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen before you wind up having Colin Pooch, Kelvin Futcher, along with Jalen Beeks. I'll be able to give you a scoreless inning. The Pittsburgh Pirates have now scored three runs or fewer in six of their last seven games. They fall to the Atlanta Braves by a count of five to three as 
for Jose Quintana. Really, his worst start of the year. Four runs given up in five innings, including three home runs. Going deep off of him, Adam Duvall twice. His fifth and sixth home runs of the season. You wound up having William Contreras get his ninth of the season. Then Matt Olson to be able to cover the run line. He goes deep for his eighth home run of the campaign off of Chase Young. Young gives up a home run in his inning of work. William Crow was able to give you two scoreless innings. And Brian Reynolds, he goes deep off of Mr. Kyle Wright. Tenth home run season for Wright. He had the lowest home runs per nine rate in the National League among qualifying series going into this one. Gives up three runs over the course of six innings. So a little bit of shakiness there. But A.J. Minter, Kenley Jansen, Will Smith, they all get jiggy with it. They all give you a scoreless inning. And speaking of streaks, the Atlanta Braves, they are now on an 11-game win streak. So this is a team that's pretty darn hot. And the Blue Jays are pretty darn hot. They have scored four-plus runs and now 14 out of their last 16 games. And I believe that they're 11-5. and five. In this run, 6-0, they take down the Detroit Tigers, a Tigers team that's averaging right around like 2.7 runs per game. It's not been great as Flagler Jr. is 14th home run season. That comes off of Tariq Skubal. Skubal winds up giving up four runs in four innings his fourth start of the year. And for the Tigers, they've got the second-best bullpen area out there in the big leagues. Joey Jimenez, Alex Lang, they blend a scoreless inning. Jacob Barnes says wind up giving up two runs in an inning, but Willie Peralta is too scoreless. But for the Detroit Tigers, two hits in a game, sir, by Ross Stripling. Stripling gives up one hit in six innings. You wind up having Trent Thornton, Jordan Romano, and Yimi Garcia all come in, lend a scoreless inning. So the Blue Jays, they get it done quite easily. With a DK Nation pick, I faded a guy in Dean Kramer that had went 3-15 with regards to the Baltimore Orioles in terms of the team's record in his starts. And, well, they are now 4-15 in his starts. 10-7. The Orioles are able to get it done as Brad Keller winds up allowing three home runs in this game going deep off of him. Rune Adador, 7th home run season. Anthony Santander is 11th and Ryan Mountcastle is 9th as Keller. He gets five outs. He gives up five runs, including those three bombs. From there, Amir Garrett gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning out of the bullpen. Taylor Clark gives up a run in two innings. He did wind up having Joel Piamps come in for one and two-thirds innings. He gave up an under run Jose Cuas. He winds up giving you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Alberto Bereu was able to give you four outs out of the bullpen. Dylan Coleman, a scoreless inning. And the Royals tried to claw their way back into this one. They got a trail of home runs of their own as Keegan Aiken wound up allowing all three. Bobby Wood Jr., eighth home run season. Hunter Dozier is sixth. And Michael A. Taylor is fourth. But... The Baltimore Orioles were able to get Dean Crummer to give a relatively solid start. Two runs, one of which was earned, given up over the course of five innings. Aiken from there gives up those three solo runs over the course of two and a third innings. Brian Baker, he gets no outs and gives up two runs in the process, which that's not great. But Felix Batista, Cienel Perez, they wind up getting the final five outs of the game. So the Royals at 20 and 39. Now the worst team with regards to record out there in the big leagues. The Miami Marlins have far from the best record out there in the big leagues, but they are unable to complete the sweep against the Houston Astros. 9-4, the Astros able to get it done as it was a tough start for Edward Cabrera. Five runs given up in three and two-thirds innings with Houston. They were able to get a home run off of them as it was Jeremy Pena being able to get his ninth home run season. Then Jose Altuve later on will get his 12th of the season off of Lewis Head. And Lewis Head now rocking a 7.08 ERA. He gives up four runs in a third of an inning. He had a 1-1-12 ERA entering this month. He now is a 7.08. Not going well from there. Tommy Nance. One and two-thirds inning scoreless. Richard Blyer, Cole Solzer combined for a scoreless inning and do get a pair of outs out of Anir Zabala out of the bullpen. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. And 
for the Houston Astros. Justin Verlander gives up four unearned runs as he was hurt by a trio of errors out there in the field, including a home run along the way going deep for the Miami Marlins. Ryan De La Cruz, his second home run season, but when the fielding was actually halfway decent, he was able to do a solid job as well. So he gives up four unearned runs on three hits, by the way. So go figure there. Hector Neris along with Ryan Presley, they both give you a scroll of setting as the Miami Marlins wound up being the beneficiaries of errors and still wound up losing that game. Five, five runs. You wind up seeing also the New York Yankees just completely pulverize the Chicago Cubs. 18-4 the final. The Cubs at one point had won the better bullpen areas out there in the big leagues. Not the case anymore as their bullpen wound up allowing 13 earned runs in this one after Keegan Thompson gave a poopy start. Five runs, three of which were earned in two-thirds of an inning. From there, Daniel Norris gives up two home runs, five runs in total over the course of two innings. Alec Mills gives up two runs in three and a third innings, including a home run. You wind up having Sean Newcomb give up five runs in an inning. No home runs surrendered, and Frank Schwedell would allow a solo home run along the way. For Ian App, he was a bright spot in this game. Got a triple and a home run. The home run is seventh of the season. That comes off of Jamison Tyon, and Tyon, he winds up allowing three runs over the course of five innings, and Manny Benuelos, the long guy, comes in. He gives up one run over the course of three innings, and Miguel Castro gives up Nothing in his inning of work, but for the Yankees, 10 of 16 with men in scoring position and just a vulgar display of power as Matt Carpenter. Pair of home runs, fifth and sixth home runs of the season, and Kyle Higashioka has not had a good season thus far. He gets his first and second home runs of the season. So the Yankees now have 44 and 16, by far the best record out there in the big leagues. And what is going very well right now is over. So according to covers, you take a look at what has all been happening in Major League Baseball over the last 30 days. And you've seen right around 52.5% of games wind up going over the total and overall the season. We all recall in the month of April, there was a time in which we were just here like, oh boy, we've got 60% of games still going under the total. When is this going to wind up reversing itself? Well, it has. As of right now, 51.3% of games for the season have went under the total 436 unders to 414 overs. So that has really reversed itself. And favorites, they're not necessarily doing a great job of being able to cover the run line, especially home favorites. Home favorites, 338 and 232 straight up. That's 59.3% that they're hitting at. By the way, road favorites hitting at 61% for the season. But home favorites on the run line, there are about 103 instances that the home team out of the four out of the 338 wins, in which they have not covered the run line and won by approximately one run. So home favorites on the run line, 235 and 336, covering just 41.2% of the time. I find that to be very stark. And, and if you're looking at the last seven days in terms of totals, a little bit of a shading to the over. 46 overs, 41 unders, that is right around 53% to the over. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing on Sunday. Now let's turn the page forward to Monday, and let's preview some games and take a look at these totals with our good friend Jill Glock over there at FTM Bets. He's going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rival, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus. Bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rival. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guests as Joe Gallant is doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at a wide variety of things. I know that this man has been tearing it up with regards to his NBA playoff props all year long, and now it's coming to a head with regards to the NBA Finals. Hopefully we wind up getting seven games. At minimum, we're going to be getting six games with that regard. That's something for a little bit of a different podcast, though. But Jill, he's doing a great job when it comes to his show, Dog Day Afternoon. You're able to catch that a few times a week over there on the FTN Network. And to be able to follow everything that he does over there at FTM, that's at FTM Bets. And for Jill, that is at GDog5000. And when it comes to football season, by the way, they show Touchdown Town. If you're looking for some underdogs to be able to score some touchdowns, he always serves it up on that as well. And Jill, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate the intro and uh, really appreciate you having me back on. I appreciate you joining me. And congratulations on getting your first haircut since like 2020. I'm sure that... <laughs> That water taking a little bit of courage right there. And takes some courage to wind up betting baseball day in and day out because when it's all said and done, between the regular season and the postseason, it winds up being over 200 days. And we always notice ebbs and flows. And right now, the ebbs and flows that we're seeing are with regards to totals and them going upward. And my question to you is how are you embasing these totals a little bit more? Because we always notice that 
when there seems to be a big run of unders, we know that there is going to be some overs that are going to be soon following that up. And typically when you wind up seeing a big run of overs that we're seeing right now, that is followed by a big run of unders as well. But it is very interesting to take a look at because weather is now getting hotter all across really both countries, Canada and the United States. And as a result, we have been seeing these totals going up, 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 and the totals have been able to cash to the over as well. Yes, absolutely. Just a comment about the hair cut part. Yeah, it was December of 2019. That was the last time that I oh, cut 2019. My hair. I, well, just the tail end. So close enough if you said 2020. Again, I wouldn't. With the whole COVID thing, I just ended up kind of letting it go. You know, the first year you're like, oh, cool. You know, you're trying something a little new. Year two, it's a little like, okay, you're still doing that. And then year three, it was like, oh my God, I got to get rid of this. So, and if anything, once the haircut happened, it kind of. I don't want to say it lightened the load of my brain of being able to look at numbers and whatnot, but it definitely has made things a little more clear over the last few days. And really just looking at Major League Baseball as a whole over the last uh, couple of months, I was on your show about a month ago and we were talking about how totals were starting to progress a little bit more. Like, you know, you're starting to see some eights and eight and halves, you know, but it was few and far between. You were seeing a lot of seven and a halves, a lot of six and a halves. And, you know, everybody was kind of thinking, okay, the overboom is about to come. We should probably get on this. And then, of course, Everybody is a little bit maybe behind the, the curve or maybe just a little bit ahead of the curve. There's some betters in both camps. They're just waiting to see how it was turning. But I think what you're going to see as we get closer to July is an overcorrection. We saw the overcorrection by books where they were having these higher end totals at the start of the month, uh, in start of April, in the start of the season. And then they had to completely change to the point where you were only getting six and a half and sevens mostly across the board as we got closer to May. And then now we're starting to see that swing back. So as a better, you kind of have to go with those ebbs and flows that you were referring to. Try to find your sweet spots here because you can't just blindly take overs now because now you're kind of seeing totals you might see a few far between seven and a halfs but most of them are eight and a halfs and nines and then of course once you get into regular starts at Coors Field those never seem to drop below double digits even in the poor months when you weren't getting a lot of runs you just kind of as a baseball better you have to kind of go with those ebbs and flows and now we're starting to see as we get closer to Independence Day and the long weekends here by the time we get to that point I think in the next few weeks you're going to start to see a lot of tens a lot of nine and a halfs and tens across the board. And on top of that, with the weather getting warmer, as more and more bullpens wind up getting expended more and more, you're going to see these guys, in my opinion, become a little bit less than trustworthy as well, which I think is going to be something to take a look at as well moving forward in terms of these totals. As we do have Joe Galan, does a great job over there at FTN Network along with FTN Bets. He is joining me right here on the podcast, and I do think that it's also very intriguing to take a look at a lot of these streaks as well. Now, we did wind up seeing some of these streaks come to an end on Sunday with the Brewers being able to snap their eight-game losing streak, the Philadelphia Phillies. They had not lost since they can Joe Girardi until you wind up seeing that on Sunday. And, hey, the LA Angels, they finally were able to bust their 14-game losing streak a few days ago as well. When it comes to these teams that are on some of these big runs, whether they be to the positive and the negative, and you've got one streak, that is going to be going down on Monday with the Atlanta Braves. How do you wind up being able to gauge those? Because I do think that it is so interesting. I think that it's very important to not be a prisoner of the moment. And at the same time, I don't think that you want to be completely ignoring a team that they've gotten either super hot or just completely ice cold as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and the Phillies are an interesting team because I think a lot of people, even though 
The Braves have won the World Series the year before. And there were some people high on the Mets. There were quite a few people high on the Phillies, you know, coming into the year. And, you know, obviously they had a really disappointing start. And then Girardi. And I mean, I don't think it's as simple as just getting rid of Girardi of why they were able to win 11 games in a row and just kind of be put into this position. But at the same time, like Monday, for example, they've got Aaron Nola coming up against Alcantara, like a great pitcher's duel. But I'm just still not sure if I'm just going to blindly take the Phillies every time they play the Marlins in these kinds of spots just because they're on a nice little streak ever since they got rid of Girardi. The Marlins are sitting at plus 140 right now, and I don't know if I can fully trust Aaron Nola at home, even though the Philly offense has just been unreal right now. Yeah, it is interesting to take a look at that one because with the Philadelphia Phillies, they wind up dropping their first game in a little bit over a weekend. Sandy Alcantara has been one of the best pitchers out there in the big leagues. Right now, the betting odds, ain't got Alcantara as a top five guy for this award. I think that he's going to need to no doubt, keep it up in order to be able to win that award. But I mean, the guy has given up one earned run in his last four starts, and he's got more complete games than runs allowed in his last four starts. It's absolutely insane. And right now, we're finding the Miami Marlins as north of a plus-130 underdog, as I see it right now. In a lot of spots, you're going to be finding this in the pocket about a plus-135 to a plus-140. And it's not often that you wind up getting a pitcher of this caliber at right around a plus-135 to a plus-140. And I feel like I'm going to ride it. And on top of that as well, with the 7.5, I recognize that we've been taking a look at a lot of overs recently. I trusted Samuel Contra enough to be able to keep this low total under. And one of the things that makes me a little concerned about that, only just a little bit, is the Marlins bullpen, which has like an ERA over five, like over the last 30 days. It just kind of worries me that if he isn't like completely sharp, which he has been over the last six starts, like the Marlins have won his last six starts. But if there's anything off on him, or even if he's like, you know, pitches seven great innings, sometimes that's what makes me worried about a team like Miami is are they going to close for you in the eighth and ninth inning when you, especially when you're facing kind of uh, that Phillies offense? But the one interesting stat I did find about Sandy this year, Greg, so he's made 12 starts and the Marlins, they've only won once when he was tabbed as an underdog. You know, you're coming off of like a, you know, a game where he was in that game that they did win against when he was an underdog. He was on the road on May 28th against Atlanta. And I mean, he just threw a gem, like eight innings, you know, 14 Ks. Like, so Atlanta, another team that has really kind of t- started to, catch their own momentum I'm pretty sure ever since that win that that's actually they've won nearly every game since that game it is a very interesting matchup I would probably rather take the Marlins money line than taking an under seven and a half just because I really worry about if whether or not Nola is as bulletproof as he used to be pitching at home and just that Marlins bullpen but I think if I had to make a choice between the two I would probably take the Marlins money line instead of taking the under seven and a half and then this is another interesting total as well in my opinion as we do have Joe Gallant of FT FTN bets along with the FTN network joining me on the podcast. That would be the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays because with the Blue Jays, they have really heated up with the bats. Four plus runs in 14 out of their last 16 games, and now they send Alec Manoa to the mound, which mm. if you take a look at him ever since last season, you throw out these starts that you want to make in Buffalo. That's just such a strange situation. So you take a look at him in Toronto and Toronto only. His career ERA is sub two, and right now we're fighting him as a minus $3 favorite against the Baltimore Orioles. I think we can both agree you probably, if you're looking to bet the Toronto Blue Jays, want to be trying to find a way to be able to reduce the juice, whether that be on some sort of a team total, whether that be a run line. This goes on and on of your options there. Laying $3, just not necessarily palatable in this spot. But Kyle Bradish is going to be going for the Baltimore Orioles. And while Manoa has been a young guy that has been very trustworthy, Bradish is someone that has got <laughs> up 10 home runs in 37 and a third innings. How do you wind up taking a look at this one? Because 
it certainly is intriguing. And I, I do think that the Blue Jays might be getting up a little bit too high here because even Thank with you. the run line, I mean, if you're laying up to like a minus 150 on the run line, that might be a little bit too much. But with that said, what are you taking a look at with regards to this one? Because obviously most chalky game on the board as of right now. And that's what I was going to ask you. Just I love Alex Manoa and you know that I know the Jays and I, I follow them year in, year out. That's my favorite team. But should Alex Manoa be a $3 favorite? Like, I just don't know if I'm willing to say that he should be at minus 300. I'm not saying that I'm going to play the Orioles just because of the odds, but and especially because Bradish has been batting practice pretty much for people this year. But, but I mean, the Orioles are 5-2 and two in his last seven starts. It's just such a big full game number, man, that, I mean, maybe you might be able to find a little bit of better value for taking the Jays and maybe Jays minus one and a half for the first five or something. But... I mean, I'm not really sure, man. I mean, I know it's just raw ERA, so it's not going to tell the full picture, but it is still enticing when you look at how the Orioles' bullpen has played, like at least for the season and just over the last 30. Like, just a 3.1 ERA for the season. It's around 2.6 over the last 30. That's third best in Major League Baseball. For me, I almost want to take the Orioles' money line just because of the value, because I feel like this is too much of a favorite. Like, it's too much of a swing for the Jays, even though I think, again, you want to talk about Cy Young favorites, like Alex Manova is going to be right up there as a top five favorite in the, in the American League probably by the end of the season. So I would probably want to take an over eight and a half here just because of the early numbers. I could see Bradish getting knocked earlier, and, and maybe the Orioles are able to kind of keep uh, the Jays' bats in check as we go through the game. But that's where I get a little peckish and a little worried here is if maybe you might be better off sir just in the long term that if you're getting Alex Manoa over minus 300 even though it is the Orioles you almost feel like you have to take the opposite side each time because I feel like we've overcorrected with how good Manoa and the Jays offense is and when it comes to these sorts of spots as well I think that it's really a case of what you either want to be taking a look at the money line of the underdog or you want to take a look at the run line of the favorite and when you yeah. end up being the home team like the Blue Jays you always have to concede those last ups unless we wind up getting some sort of a walk-off two, three run shot or obviously a grand slam as well. But I mean, that's something that you certainly cannot wind up counting on. That would be a very, very lucky win if you wind up being able to cover the run line in that fashion. And I think that that's really the way that you've got to play it just because laying minus $3 Sure, you could wind up being able to jack up a really nice win percentage, but with that said, if you wind up taking one loss at minus $3, you need three wins to make up for it just to be able to break even, and that's just really hard to do over both the short term and the long term. Yeah, in the short term, like I can understand if maybe you wanted to pair the Blue Jays on like a two-game parlay. I wouldn't get too greedy. And again, that's still very risky in that sense because it's Major League Baseball. And out of all the four major sports, underdogs win at the highest rate from a percentage standpoint than any other sport So because of how many games there are. So I just think in the long run, if you're looking at Manoa, like I would rather take, especially right now because you're looking at the minus one and a half running line, you know, it's probably going to be around minus 145, maybe to minus 155 by the time first pitch happens. You know, if you wanted to play it safe, you could take the Orioles plus one and a half because you can get it at plus odds. I kind of feel like in this spot, I would rather just go for it and take it at the plus 240 and just, if you lose, tip your cap. Otherwise, you move on to the next game because I just don't think at this stage, especially because I feel like even though the Blue Jays offense has started to ignite, we're not seeing the, the the offensive numbers that we were seeing of last year. And even though Manoa, again, has been great, there are still times where the Blue Jays bullpen uh, isn't as reliable as you would hope. And again, they could easily win the next two games of the series and then the Blue Jays still win the series. But it's just one of those situations that because of the odds, I almost have to look at Baltimore in this spot or at least the over eight and a half at minus 110. 
And to your point with the Blue Jays, 18th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, and I think this will surprise many people going into Sunday. Orioles, number six in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. So they've actually been relatively trustworthy towards the back half as well. And Jill, when it comes to what we're getting on Monday, we wound up going through a few games, obviously, the biggest line on the board with the Toronto Blue Jays. But is there anything else that you're going to be looking at, whether it be from a bet that you might wind up targeting, or maybe it's just a little bit more from a pitcher slash a team that you want to be seeing, and maybe you're going to be taking a look at something for them, maybe not on Monday, but perhaps moving forward. Well, definitely Monday, the first game that stood out to me, Greg, when we were looking at this slate was Astros Rangers. Honestly, I'm looking at their run line right now at plus 110, and I'm kind of wondering if it's like a trick line or if maybe like it feels like a gift or the trap. Like Because getting the last at-bat obviously is huge, and having this Astros offense in that spot is especially huge. And I think the reason why we're getting this line at plus 110 is books are maybe looking at a little bit of recent history. So the Astros in the two starts with Javier, they split those games, but he kind of held them in check. Like, And another reason why I think we're getting this line is he didn't look great against the Mariners. But I mean, you've got the Astros bullpen backing them as well, which has been a top five bullpen in, in, in the league. For me, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking like, all right, why am I overthinking this? Astros minus one and a half run line. They're a major league best 21 wins on the road. Taylor Hearn has gotten diced both starts that he's faced them. He's only given up seven home runs. Three of them are against the Astros this year. So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know what? I'm not overthinking this. I'm getting the better team with, in my opinion, the better starter at minus one and a half odds at plus 110. I feel like that one to me is a layup for Monday's slate. And Christian Javier has been absolutely tremendous being able to get right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And Taylor Hearn is giving up a lot of contact. That's Mm. putting it very, very politely there. And a man that always makes contact with regards to being able to win bets. That'd be you, Jill. You do an absolutely amazing job. And a wide variety of things. I know that your main thing over the last few weeks has been really taking a look at the NBA playoffs. But I know that come NFL season, you're going to have the show Touchdown Town all gassed up, ready to go. I know that you're getting set for the upcoming season. And along the way, you're going to be doing a great job taking a look at Major League Baseball. I know that you dive into a couple other ancillary markets as well. So love the good people at home. Know what you all expect from you the next few weeks and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. With the NBA Finals wrapping up in the next week or so, I'm going to be kind of transitioning away from basketball going into the NFL as offseason kicks in and we're getting closer to September. But essentially what's going to happen as well, we're still going to have to cover the NBA draft at FTM Bet, so you can still find full betting coverage there. One of the things that I'm going to start be doing with Dog Day after Afternoon, my show that I do on Wednesdays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube on the FTN Network YouTube page um, is I'm going to be starting to dive in a lot more NFL futures and NFL markets and ways that we can find you know better angles and odds and we're going to do a team by team breakdown that's going to probably be the entire month of July parts of August as well as we transition into the NFL season and then of course once NBA kind of kicks back in I'll be jumping back in with that as well and March Madness next year and you know and even baseball throughout the summer I'll still probably be looking at Blue Jays home run props and as the offenses start to explode a little bit more seeing ways that we can exploit those markets too. Yep Jill is a man that covers it all does an absolutely terrific job over there at FTM Bets and whenever he joins this podcast always delivers the goods did so once again today so a big thanks to Jill for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show now part of the Beeson Family Podcast and coming up next it is that time of podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rival every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to get Joe Gallant up in the podcast. He does terrific work over there at FTM Bets. He does a nice job day in and day out, taking a look at a little bit of everything. He's been doing a great job when it comes to the NBA playoffs. I know that he does great work during the NFL season when it comes to his show, Touchdown Town. And then on top of that, he, every single week, he does the show, Dog Day Afternoon as well. That's a few times a week during the afternoon. I've joined that show once or twice and always great to be able to get him on. Big thanks to Joe for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNNRNR41. We're going to be going in the Las Vegas station, or this is where we go with the National League games first, and the American League games. Interleague games will be at the bottom, but we don't have any today, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy as 
The first game is actually going to be the DK Nation pick. As we wind up going 9-0-1, 9-0-2 on the betting board, the Miami Marlins are on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. As Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phils, and Sandy Alcantara is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves here between plus 130 and plus 140. Meanwhile, with the Phillies, it's anywhere between minus 148 and minus 155. 7.5 is your total. Over is between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even at minus 110. And DK Nation pick is going to be on the under in this spot. I set my total at a 6.7 because when it comes to Aaron Nola, he's actually got a higher ERA at home than on the road this season. But if you look at his career numbers, his ERA at home is right around 1.1 points lower than it is on the road thus far this season. 441 home ERA, 270 road ERA, but there's signs that we're going to see a little bit of regression. Opponents are just a buck 71 off of him at home. He's getting over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is sub two. He's just given up seven home runs in the 21 hits that he's allowed at home thus far this season. you got to figure that that's going to be going downwards a little bit, especially against the Miami Marlins and for Sandy Alcantara. This guy's been nasty at home. This guy's been nasty on the road. If they sent him to Planet Pluto, he'd be nasty there. Buck 36 ERA at home, 205 ERA on the road, giving up two home runs in 30 and two-thirds innings on the road with the opponent sitting a buck 94 off of him. And then with the Miami Marlins, he is backed up by a bullpen that has been a little bit shaky thus far this season, but Anthony Bass has a sub-2 ERA. It's been really bad for Lewis. He wound up getting used up yesterday, though. He wound up having a 1-1-2 ERA coming into the month of June. It's now at a 7-0-8, so it's not been too terrific, but you do take a look at this Miami Marlins lineup, and you do have guys that they need to pick it up with their batting average. Ode Soler, Miguel Ross, Jesus Sanchez, Brian De La Cruz, all these guys earning a 230 or lower for Soler. He has been able to give the team a double-digit amount of formers, and Jesus Aguiar has been able to pick it up. He's hitting right around at 250. You've got Williams Estadio. You've been able to have also Garrett Cooper coupled with Nick Fortes being able to above uh, 300. But that said, you take a look at the flip side for the Philadelphia Phillies. And they have been a team that has been able to do a solid job of being able to put back to ball, really, aside from yesterday where they wound up putting up just one run. It was a Murphy's Law day in which everything that could go wrong did wind up going wrong for them in that 13-1 loss. But you do have Kyle Schwarber hitting just a 208 now. He has been able to give the team 15 home runs along with Bryce Harper, who's been able to go to 15 times. But for Schwarber, hitting a 208 with a 330-ish on base. You've got Harper hitting above a 300. It's been intriguing to take a look at a lot of the guys in the middle lineup because you've got Alec Bohm, JT Rimuto, Nick Cassianos, all these guys hitting right around a 245 to a 250. Reese Hoskins has been a little bit up and down himself. And then you take a look at the Phillies bullpen, and they're now back to, I would say, the bottom half of the big leagues with the terms bullpen here. Things were starting to turn around before. Yesterday, they wound up giving up quite a few runs, but with that said, you didn't have to use up right hand or Corey Knable. These two are your main two guys, and with both of these pitchers, they should be able to relegate the bullpens out of this game quite a bit because I do think that they're going to lend a lot of length, so the DK Nation pick is going to be on the under, trusting both of these starters, and with the fish, was willing to take anything of a plus 130 or greater. Phillies have been able to get hot, but Alcantara has been amazing, so going to take the plus price here on the fish, and the DK Nation pick is on the under. 903-904 on the betting board. The Atlanta Braves hit the road face off against the Washington Nationals. Josiah Gray is going to be going for the Nats, and Ian Anderson is on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta is finding themselves as a pretty sizable favorite here. Anywhere between minus 152 and minus 160. Between plus 135 and plus 143 is your price on Washington with your total 9.5 under minus 120, and the over is even. And when it comes to Ian Anderson and company, spawn to lay up to a minus 157 on the money line on the Braves. If you take a look at this run line, you're finding it at even money. I was willing to take even money or better. I wound up saying this at a minus 104, so minus 105 was pretty much my breaking point. So I'm going to look to reduce the juice. I've got a pretty similar differential when it comes to both the money line and the 
run line, but would rather take the even money here because with Ian Anderson, he does have a little bit of volatility. He's been giving up right around about 1.2 home runs per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate just below eight. The walks are really what he needs to hone in on, right around four walks for nine innings, but with that said, it has been a case in which he has been giving up quite a few runs, four-plus in three out of his last four, and for Josiah Gray, not like things have necessarily been too rosy for him thus far this season. He's been posting up right around a 433 ERA, and has been shockingly terrible at home, and shockingly good on the road. Buck 89 road ERA, 4-0 record in his six starts at home, 714 ERA with a 2-4 record. Now, you've got to figure that there's going to be a little bit of positive regression, but opponents are going to go 100 points higher off of him at home than on the road. Washington has proven to be a little bit of a hitter's ballpark this season, and when it comes to Washington, this is a team that they've been able to put up a few runs as far this season. We're held down yesterday, but with that said, you've got Cesar Hernandez, you've got Yadio Hernandez, coupled with Mikel Franco and Kibet Ruiz, all in between about a 262 is 270. You've got Nelson Cruz in that fold as well after a rough start to the season. He's really been able to pick it up at Juan Soto. Still hitting just a 230 now. Home run power is starting to come back from 13 home runs, but just 28 RBI to show for it. Lane Thomas over the last 30 days. He's been able to show some pretty solid form as he's been able to hit right around to 265 over the last 30 days, but over the last 15 days, a 415 on base wound up having that three home run game. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Atlanta Braves. This is a bunch at on the road. They're hitting a sub 230. It's been very interesting to take a look at their home and road splits, but they were able to get going in that series against the Pirates. And this is still a team that, despite the fact that they do have those demonstrative home and road splits, they're still averaging right around 1.2 home runs per game on the road with Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna combining for 11 bombs when they are on the road. And on the road as well, you've had Ronald Lacuna Jr. being able to give you a 423 on base. He wanted missing a lot of the team's early season road trips, having him back in the fold. That is very good for the team and for the Atlanta Braves. This is a top eight team with regards to bullpen here, right? As you've been able to deal with the injury to Tyler Madsick with Dylan Lee, not giving up a run all season long. A.J. Minter has been able to do a supreme job, giving up right around a one issue. R.A. Jackson Stevens, he started to regress a little bit as a long guy for the team, but by and large, you've been able to get some good production out of some, we shall say, unlikely places like Aces Cruz, who's been able to give you 225 ERA. And then when it comes to Washington Nationals, has been a little bit rough for guys like Kyle Finnegan, Steve C. Shag. Veterans have not been able to come through for this team, and they did wind up having to make some match a little bit on Sunday against the Milwaukee Brewers, but Josiah Gray has been improving a little bit. You take a look at what he's been able to do recently and has given up two earned runs over the course of his last three starts, so this is a situation which I do think it's going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game, but I do think that the Braves' offense is going to be able to get to Gray, and I do think that the bullpen of the Braves in the end going to be able to protect a multi-run lead in this spot. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Atlanta Braves on the run line, and here at the 9.5, going to be taking a look at the under, semi-total at 8.7. 9.5, 9.6 on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. This Mitch Keller is going to be going for the Buccos and Zach Thompson on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis find themselves any 14 minus 185 and minus $2 favorites. Meanwhile, any of you are taking a look at the Buccos, any 14 plus 165 and plus 175 is your price. Enough is your total. Over is any 14 minus 115 and minus 120. Under is any between even a minus 105 and I needed at least a plus 170. Take a shot here on the Pittsburgh Pirates and we have gotten there with Mitch Keller. The big thing for him has always been command because he has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get strikeouts right around eight punch outs per nine innings, but once again this year, nearly four walks per nine innings. Giving up right around 1.1 home runs for nine innings, and he's going up against a little bit of a young gun in Zach Thompson, who has given up right now one run over the course of four innings. So, I mean, it is a very small sample size. You've got to figure that there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals team, as right now they're just trying to find the right blend in general to 
be able to get through some innings as I know that they have experimented with Genesis Cabrera being able to lend a little bit of length would not be surprised if we wind up seeing him in this game it is a St. Louis Cardinals scene that if you take out the innings pitch by Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina it's been right around 11th 12th in the big leagues in terms of ERA and then you take a look at what Thompson wound up doing at the AAA level this season 4.67 ERA after he posted up an ERA north of 7 at the AAA level last season I don't know if this guy is ready I know that a lot of Cardinals fans have been buzzing about him but he also wound up having right around five and a half walks per nine innings last season. I don't know if I can necessarily trust him too much in this spot, even though it is a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they've been able to do three runs or fewer and now six out of their last seven games. So it's not been great with regards to this lineup. They have been able to get Daniel Vogel back, back in recent games. That is very good for the team he's been able to do. It's all job, but be able to put back to ball. And Brian Hayes has been able to hit right around 8-280 for this bunch. Got a young guy in Topakita Matacano. He's been able to above a 300 for this team. Brian Reynolds, he's starting to pick it up. He's hitting a 250. He's been able to reach 10 home runs for this team. Michael Chavis is hitting a 270. So, got some guys that are starting to come through for this team. And when it comes to this Pirates bullpen, you did have Chase Young wind up getting used up yesterday, but David Bernard has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get a little bit more recently out of some of these ancillary bullpen pieces. It's interesting to see if Chris Ryan is going to be available or not. He has been used quite a bit in recent days, but Tyler Beattie, after a cataclysmically bad start to the season, he has been able to rein it in a little bit more. Anthony Benda, he wound up having a very bad month of May, but he's been able to rein it in over the last two weeks or so to be able to lower that ERA a little bit. And then you take a look at the flip side for the St. Louis Cardinals team, and the lineup has been very good for this punch. Paul Goldschmidt hitting above a 325. He wound up having that, I believe it was 25 or 26 game hit streak earlier this season. He has been able to do a very solid job of reaching base. Nolan Arenado. 350 on base, 11 home runs for the team, and then the young guys, Juan Yepes, along with Nolan Gorman, throwing there, Brendan Donovan. All these guys have been able to hit at least a 270 for this team. You've got Tommy Edmund, who's hitting a 280 as well. So you got some guys that are able to get on base for this team, but I do think that Mitch Keller is going to be able to catch them off guard. It is a Pirates team that all but four of their wins have come out of the bullpen thus far, despite the fact that their bullpen is in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA, but they've been able to turn it around a little bit. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game in this spot. I did wind up saying my total as a result at an 8.6. So here at an 8.5, I am going to be willing to take a look at this total over, and with that said, I was willing to take anything of a plus 170 or greater with regards to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we're looking Pirates, and we're looking at the half over as we go to 907 908 on the bank board the slam Diego Padres at throat to face off against the Chicago Cubs as you've got Justin Steele who's going to be going for the Cubs and you Darvish is going to be on the bump for the Padres currently there's no total up on this game because it is a Wrigley Field game it always depends upon the way that the wind is blowing so you'll notice that this is going to be a total that's going to be off the board most likely until the AM but you are finding a money line with regards to the San Diego Padres and that money line is anywhere between minus 127 and minus 135 meanwhile between plus 115 and plus 120 is the price on the Cubs and I did wind up making the Padres minus 146 in this spot so I'm going to be willing to ride with that and if you're taking a look at the win right now and this is as I'm doing this evening time out here on the west coast on Sunday it looks like the wind is going to be blowing out during the game and then it's going to be blowing in more towards like 10 o'clock so during the game it looks like right around 10 mile per hour winds they're going to be blowing outward but as the game goes along it is going to be going inward so as a result I did wind up making my total a 9.8 which means a nine and a half or less I'm going to be taking a look at an over and a 10 or higher I'm going to be taking a look at this total under and with you Darvish you do have to be gauging them differently 
home to road. Ever since he wound up getting to San Diego, his ERA has been right around 2.25 points higher when he has been on the road rather than at home. And that is very critical because the Padres didn't necessarily get what they were hoping for out of Blake Snell yesterday. Honestly, it could have been a little bit worse, but instead he has been very inconsistent. And you take a look at Hugh Darvish this far this season. 5-3 and three record, 361 ERA. So he has been able to do a relatively solid job there. His strikeouts per nine rate way down though. Right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. And he's got a buck 35 home ERA. 582 road area to my point about him being a little bit different on the road now to the credit of you Darvish he hasn't given up a lot of walks right around 2.2 walks per nine innings with opponents overall hitting at 216 off of him so he hasn't been necessarily too bad with that regard getting some soft contact in for Justin Seal this is someone who has a 479 ERA and it's been a little bit lucky for him. He's only given up two home runs in 47 innings. I do think that this is going to be going northward. He has given up five walks per nine innings. So he's getting nine strikeouts per nine innings. And you take a look at it, and he's only really had one bad start out of his last five. That's where he wound up giving up seven runs in two innings against the Cincinnati Reds. I do think that he is going to be winding up turning things around a little bit. But you take a look at the Chicago Cubs team, and the bullpen gave up 13 runs yesterday against the New York Yankees. I mean, everything is going wrong for the team. Rowan Wick, Scott Efforts, guys that were very solid towards the beginning part of the season. They have really started to regress as the season has went along. Michael Givens is someone that has been really a main constant and a little bit of a veteran in this bullpen, but he has not necessarily been able to deliver good performances recently for the team. I mean, things got so bad that Frank Schwindel had a pitch for them yesterday, and Frank Schwindel has not necessarily been too great at the plate himself. He's hitting right around 235 now. You do have a couple guys that may be able to step up for the team. Wilson Contreras right around at 395 on base. He's may able to have a little bit of pop. Patrick Wisdom, he strikes out a whole bunch, but he has been able to do a solid job being able to give the team 12 home runs, 31 RBI. You've got Christopher Morrell with right around a 360 on base. You've also been able to get a little bit of Ian Happ, 380 on base. Now, these guys are hitting mostly right around about a 275, so they've been able to consistently get on base. Eco Horner hitting a 280 with a little bit of a lower on base, and then you take a look at the San Diego Padres, and it is a little bit of a top-heavy lineup as it's been really the Manny Machado show all season long. He's been hitting above a 300 for this bunch. You just need some of these other guys to be able to come along for the ride as you take a look at someone like Luke Voigt. He's hitting a 230 for the team and Jake Cronenworth about a 225. But Voigt winds going deep yesterday. Cronenworth, he's got three home runs over the last 10 days. So perhaps these guys are starting to turn around. Jerickson Profar now back up to a 250 batting average. And Eric Cosmer is able to 285. But Trunkus, Shum, Awesome, Kim, along with Cronenworth, who I mentioned earlier, these guys have not been able to come through, especially Grisham, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. And for the Padres, it's been a little bit of a bullpen that's been all over the place. The Bell Christmas has been able to give you some good innings in long relief, but he's been used up each other the last few days. The Padres, they wound up having a double dip on Saturday, so I wound up putting them behind the eight ball a little bit, but Luis Garcia has been able to do a relatively okay job out there in the bullpen, right around a 250 ERA. You've been able to get Steven Wilson a few innings. He's been up and down this season. He's been posting up the ERA. That's hovering right around four, but it has been a little bit better for him recently, so I do take a look at this spot, and just with the lack of faith that I have in the Chicago Cubs in general, and I do think that both starters are going to get relatively shelled in this one, so it is a situation which I'm going to be taking a look at the San Diego Padres at this price. One to lay up to a minus 146 with them, and then when it comes to the total 9.5 or less, looking over 10 or higher to the under as we go to 909-910 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are in the Cincinnati. They're on the road to face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks as Merrill Kelly is going to be on the bump for the Diamondbacks, and you've got Mike Miner open and not be a major disappointment. 
for Cincinnati. The Redlegs are finding themselves as an underdog of anywhere between plus 125 and plus 130. Meanwhile, in between minus 140 and minus 145 is your price on the six with your total nine and a half. Under is minus 120 and the over is even. And when it comes to the airs and the Diamondbacks, want to make them a favorite right in the pocket of a minus 145. So the minus 145 that we're seeing, that's a max I'm willing to lay. The minus 140 that is right in my wheels for taking a shot on Merrill Kelly. He's really been your most trustworthy Arizona Diamondbacks starter from the beginning of really last season. Now, Zach Allen has obviously been able to do a solid job this season, but you take a look at Merrill Kelly and just throughout his career, he has always been able to pitch better in Arizona rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, his career ERA in Arizona is over one and a half points lower than it is on the road. And you take a look at what he's been able to do this season. Overall, a 332 ERA, 265 at home, 406 on the road. And in his six home starts, he has allowed just two home runs. Opponents are in a 273 off of him, but he's done a good job of being able to get swings and misses. 34 strikeouts and 34 innings in his home starts. And he's going up against a guy, Mike Miner, that... Quite frankly, he's just not good anymore. He's made two starts thus far. He's allowed eight runs at eight and a third innings. You take a look at what he wound up doing last season. And he's with the Kansas City Royals. He posted up a five ERA. During the 2020 season, he posted up north of a five ERA. He had a lucky start to 2019 where he was an all-star before he wound up progressing from there. This is just not a guy that you can really trust in, in my opinion. Does an okay job of getting swings and misses, but he's never been a supreme swing and miss guy. Someone with regards to command, I mean, it's not terrible, but at the same time, you take a look at what he wound up doing last season and was right around two and a half walks for nine innings. You take a look at what he was doing thus far this season, three walks and eight and a third innings. There's just no reason to really have a lot of faith in him. And then for the Cincinnati Reds, it's a bullpen that's currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA. We've seen Alexis Diaz start to regress a little bit. He wound up getting used up for the second day in a row yesterday. Jeff Hoffman threw 25 pitches, so you really don't have a lot of trustworthy guys out there in the bullpen. Got to figure that it's going to be someone like a Hunter Strickland that's going to be coming out, and he has not been too terrific. And for the Reds, this is a bunch that they're hitting right around a 215 on the road compared to a 269 at home. Now, a lot of those games wound up coming earlier in the season. This is a Reds lineup that has been much better as the season's been able to go along as Brandon Drury, Kyle Farmer, and Matt Reynolds. Only between about a 274 to a 280, and then you got Alberto Mora Jr. in just below 300. Joy Vato, ever since coming off of the COVID IL, has actually been very good for the Cincinnati Reds. Over the last three days, he's sitting right around a 300 with a 400 on base, so he's been able to get the job done there. Tommy Pham has himself a 350 on base, but you take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, and this is one of the top teams in the big leagues at being able to hit home runs. Christian Walker, 15 bombs this far this season. Quetel Marte has been able to do a great job of getting on base. He and Josh Ross are both hitting above a 265. David Peralta has been a little bit up and down for the scene, but he's still hitting right around 235. Dalton Varsho, 250 average, nine home runs. Jordan Luplo has been able to supply seven bombs in the limited amount of bats that he has, though the on base has not necessarily been there for him either. And for the years in the Diamondbacks, it's not like the bullpen is terrific, and they did wind up having to mix and match a little bit yesterday, but Joe Manette Tipley has himself a sub one ERA. He did wind up getting used up yesterday, but he's been able to do a good job. Ian Kennedy is someone that did not wind up getting used up yesterday. You're able to rely upon him for an inning or two, so I do think that this is going to be a good spot here for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 145 with them, and I do think that you are going to be able to get a relatively solid start here out of Merrill Kelly, and with that said, the Reds, they just haven't been necessarily the same with their offense on the road rather than at home. So semi-toilet at 8.7, looking under, and I'm looking at the Diamondbacks. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board is the Toronto Blue Jays playing out to the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish 
going to be going for the Orioles. And you've got Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays. The Blue Jays are finding themselves as a very sizable favorite. And we're between minus 275 and minus $3. Meanwhile, and we're between plus 235 and plus 245. Your price on Baltimore. A half is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110. And when it comes to Baltimore Orioles, I did wind up setting them at a plus 254. So I need even more than what we've got right now when it comes to the run line of the Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, you're finding that clocking in right around about a minus 140. And minus 140 is pretty much the max I'd be willing to lay here. So, so here at a minus 140, it's a max I'm willing to lay. And if it winds up going up higher, then we probably will find ourselves in the strike zone where I would be willing to take the Baltimore Orioles right around about a plus 255-ish. So in a little bit of wait and see mode. But I certainly do think that the Blue Jays should be a very sizable favorite here because Alec Manoa... Manoa, what? This guy has been really, really stinking good in his career starts in Toronto. So you take out the random starts that he wound up having towards the beginning of last season while the team was playing in Buffalo. He's got a sub-2 ERA in overall this season. 7-1 record, buck 81 ERA. He's given up five home runs in 69 and two-thirds innings, fewer than two walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine, it's down to right around three, but he's been able to do a very solid job of just being able to induce soft contact. And for Kyle Bradish, well, it's been anything but giving up soft contact. He's giving up more than 2.2 home runs per nine innings, walks per nine rate, hovering right around about a 3.7645 ERA. Wound up having a great start a few weeks ago against the St. Louis Cardinals, but ever since then, he has really been getting tattooed as he has given up at least four runs and now three out of his last five starts, giving up at least two runs in every one of them, giving up at least one home run in every one of those starts as well, getting swings and misses, but not necessarily a whole heck of a lot else. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they did wind up having to use up quite a bit of their bullpen yesterday as you did wind up having to have CNL Perez, Felix Batista. All wind up pitching 17 plus pitches along to Keegan Aiken. And I do think that there's going to be a regression coming in for this Orioles bullpen. As you take a look at someone like a Logan Gillespie, he's posting up a sub 2 ERA. Nick Vespi has yet to give up an earned run this season. Felix Bautista, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, I like him. I don't like him as much as the sub 2 ERA would indicate him for the Baltimore Orioles. And it's been a case where you've had a few guys being able to do a solid job. King base recently, Richie Martin, ever since he wound up returning to the big league squad, he's been able to hit very well. You've got Trey Bubu Mancini Getting right around to 295 along with Austin. This say is kid Anthony Santander has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He's up to 11. This season, Cedric Mullins has been up and down, but now he's hitting at 250. But you do take a look at the flip side for the Blue Jays, and they've been able to get stuck out of neutral with regards to the offense. 14 out of their last 16 games, they have put up at least four runs. This is the Blue Jays team that we thought we were getting at the beginning of the season. Flagler Jr., up to 14 home runs, right around to 340 on base. Alejandro Kirk, I think a little bit of regression is coming in from, but he's got a 4 on base. He's hitting a 320. You've got Santiago Spenel hitting right around 290. George Springer, double-digit amount of homers, 350 on base. Bo Bichette, 10 home runs. He's hitting a 270. Bullpen of the Blue Jays has been a little bit shaky, but you have been able to have Jordan Romano be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to close out some games. You've been able to get some solid innings recently out of a few less than, I guess you'd call it mainstream areas for this team as well as David Phelps, Tim Mesa. Both of these guys are posting up right around a two-ish ERA. Meanwhile, it's really been some of these guys like Emi Garcia have been a little bit less than trustworthy thus far this season. So this is a spot in which I'm willing to lay up to a minus 140 when it comes to the run line of the Blue Jays. If we get up north of a plus 255, that becomes my take point on the money line with regards to the Baltimore Orioles. And I really don't have any want 
do wind up laying $3 here with the Blue Jays. And with that said, I think that Manoa is going to be able to deliver a really good start against a Baltimore Orioles team that is in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of runs per game on the road at the very least. They were going into Sunday against the Kansas City Royals. So, semi total at 7.6. I'm going to be looking at the under and at current numbers looking at the Blue Jays on the run line. This game is off the board in a lot of spots, but we do have an initial line at Circa. It is 9-13, 9-14 on the bang board. The Chicago White Sox hit the red faceoff against the Detroit Tigers as Ronnie Garcia is going to be going for the Tigers and Lance Lynn is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. Circa has this currently as the White Sox a minus 141 favorite, plus 129 on Detroit, 8.5 the total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. This was thought to be Johnny Cueto and when it was listed as Cueto versus Detroit and Ronnie Garcia, it wound up coming off the board as Detroit being a plus 105 underdog at DraftKings, relatively similar across the board, total of 9, under minus 115 over minus 105 and the White Sox being minus 125 with Cueto so that shows you that the market thinks that this is a little bit of an upgrade here for the White Sox and I sort of disagree I was willing to lay it with Johnny Cueto but with that said here with Lance Lynn wound up making the White Sox minus 136 favorites on the run line I'd be willing to take a run and F with the Tigers if I'm pretty much getting anything below a minus 135 on that end made my total 7.5 so pretty much going to be looking at an under here unless we wind up dipping way way down and I can't think that we're going to get to 7.5 or less in this spot, but you do take a look at what we're getting out of Lance Lynn, and he wound up making three rehab appearances, 10 total innings. He wound up giving up 10 runs. So, this is a guy that last year wound up having 10 strikeouts per nine innings. I do think that he might be able to find it a little bit more in this spot, and going up against the Detroit Tigers, it pretty much is a rehab assignment at the AAA level with the way that they've been hitting, but certainly is a little bit of an issue for the Chicago White Sox team. You take a look at the Detroit Tigers, and this is a bunch that they're currently they're hitting right around a 220 as a collective, and they're putting up right around 2.7 runs per game. That is by far the fewest out there in the big leagues. Now, Ronnie Garcia has actually been able to do a halfway decent job, but hard to have a lot of faith in E when he's backed up by a lineup that just absolutely nobody can get on base for the team. They do have Eric Haas back in the fold. They wound up having a good day on Saturday, but you throw in there he, along Jameer, Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Javi Baez, Robbie Grossman, Jameer Candelario, all these guys are hitting at 204 or lower. It's been really bad now. Miguel Cabrera, Harold Castro, both of these guys are hitting between a 280 and a 285. So, maybe they will do a relatively solid job for this bunch. But with that said, you just don't have anyone that's able to supply the boom for this team whatsoever, as well as this is a Detroit Tigers team that they've got 30 home runs thus far this season. Aaron Judge, Juan John Carlos Sam, these two guys have been able to combine for, I believe, not 37 home runs. So, that just shows you how bad it's been there. And for the Chicago White Sox, Certainly has been a little bit of a hot mess for the team as well. But now the bullpen, aside from Kendall Grayman along with Liam Hendricks, because both of these guys have been relatively solid for this bunch. It has been very much touch and go for them. Matt Foster has had a relatively okay season thus far for the team. He's posting up a 365 ERA due to a little bit of regression recently. And Kyle Crick, ever since he's come off the injured list, he's been relatively okay. But Tanner Banks, after he wound up having a relatively good start to the season, things are starting to go a little bit sour for him. Reynaldo Lopez has been able to give you an ERA hovering right around a four-ish. You've not been able to get a lot out of Bennett Sousa along with Jose Ruiz. So that's been an issue. And this is a White Sox team that against right-handed pitching, they're hitting about a 230 as a collective. Against lefties, they're hitting closer to a 275. So you've got some 
Very interesting home and road splits there. And then when it comes to the White Sox, you've been able to have a couple guys that have been able to get on base. Jake Berger now has been able to give you eight home runs. He's hitting at 280. Luis Robert, he's been able to hit about a 280. And Andrew Vaughn is right around a 290 as well. But Lori Garcia is hitting below the Mendoza. I have 200. Yes, Monty Grandal has just not been able to get things going as well. Sub 300 on base, buck 85 batting average. Jose Abreu, over the last 30 days, he's been able to hit nearly a 275 for the team. So he is starting to pick it up, but certainly has been an issue in which the White Sox have just not been consistent with their offense whatsoever, and it has been a case in which you've had the bullpen really starting to regress in this spot. One away up to a minus 136 with the Chicago White Sox, which means plus 136 or greater. Going to be taking a look at the Tigers. We should see this come onto the board in more spots in the AM and set my total at 7.5 so unless we wind up seeing a very stark move to where we wind up seeing this go down to 7.5 going to be taking a look at an under. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Houston Astros on the road against the Texas Rangers. Taylor Hearn is going to be going for the Rangers and one Christian Avier is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston setting between minus 150 and minus 155 on the money line. Run line is plus 110 that Joe was referring to a little bit earlier and for the Rangers you're going to be finding them between plus 135 and plus 140 with your total nine over and under both at minus 110 and I'm in agreement with Jill here with regards to the money line wound up setting the Astros at a minus 164 and I was willing to lay up to a minus 105 with regards to this run line so I'm going to be in on the Houston Astros now the Astros offense has not necessarily been the same this year as they have been in the past but I'm still trusting in them enough to be able to win this game by multiple runs because take a look at Taylor Hearn and he has been giving up a whole bunch of contact a 166 whip hits per nine rate is north of nine it's given up right around 1.2-ish home runs per nine innings, but I honestly think that with regards to his 540 ERA, he's actually been a little bit lucky with that regard because he's also been giving up right around four walks per nine innings, and he's opposing a guy in one Christian Navier who has been just absolutely nasty. Now, walks have been a little bit of an issue throughout his career as well, right around 3.2 walks per nine innings, but you take a look at the strikeout numbers, a little bit over 11 punch-outs per nine innings, and he is backed up by a bullpen that is currently number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Rafael Montero has been very good for this team. Ryan Sanic is posting up a 1 ERA. Ryan Presley wound up beginning the season a little bit banged up. He has been able to come in and he's been able to hold down the fort and to the credit of the Texas Rangers. You've had guys like a Brock Burt, Joe Barlow. They've been able to come in. They've been able to do a solid job with regards to their bullpen ERA, but with that said, you also wound up having this bullpen get very much taxed. In that series, you wound up having a pair of games that wound up going north of 9 innings, so you wind up having to expend the bullpen a little bit more there, and to my point on Taylor Hearn as well, this is also a guy that, with regards to fielding independent, it is pretty much on par with his ERA, which, when you end up having an ERA north of 5, that's not necessarily too terrific there, and for the Texas Rangers, it's not like you've got a bunch of guys that have been able to do a supreme job with regards to being able to get on base. Take a look at Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. These two guys are hitting right around a 220-ish with Seager. He's been on a little bit of a downswing, and for Marcus Simeon, to the credit of him, he wound up having zero home runs in the first 40 games of the season. He's got right around six bombs over his last, we're going to call it 16 or so games, so he's been able to pick it up a little bit. Adolis Garcia has been able to get on a nice little burner run. He's got 12 home runs thus far this season, but you take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days. He's hitting at 8 270. Does not walk at all, but over the last 30 days as well, he has been able to give you eight home runs. 
Jonah Heim along with Sam Huff at the catcher spot. These guys have been relatively solid, but towards the bottom of the lineup, guys like Charlie Goverson, Eli White, they need to give you a little bit more. Then on the flip side for the Houston Astros, even though the scoring has been a little bit down for this team, you take a look at this Astros bunch, they have actually been significantly better at putting up runs on the road rather than at home. Not sure how, I'm not sure why, but Salvoze out. Too vague, Vigno right around 275 batting average. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs. Jordan Alvarez, Juan Abentring into Sunday with 17 home runs and nearly a 400 on base himself. And when it comes to this Houston Astros team, I mean, this has been a team that they have been able to have Michael Brantley be able to do a solid job hitting right around 275. Alex Bregman has been hitting between about a 220 to a 225 for much of the season long. Yuli Uriel, but Bregman still has been able to post up north of a 320 on base. And to my point about the Houston Astros, you take a look at the big disparity home to road. This is a team that, with regards to their home games, they're in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of runs per game. Meanwhile, you take a look at what they've been able to do on the road. They're averaging right around 4.4 runs per game compared to the 3.6 at home. So that has been something interesting to take a look at. And I do think that Javier going to continue to have his A-plus stuff. And I do think that it is going to be a case which Javier, because he'll be able to lend a good start, is going to be able to help keep this total under. I wound up saying my total at an 8.8. So as a result, looking under and looking at the Astros on the run line, getting a little bit of a plus price. 917-918 on the bank board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be playing us the Minnesota Twins. Battle of Chris is here as Chris Archer is going to be going for the Twins and Chris Flexen on the bump for the Mariners. Mariners are finding themselves as a very slight favorite as you're able to get them anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Meanwhile, with Minnesota, anywhere between even and plus 105 is your price. 8.5 is your total. Unders between minus 115 and minus 120. Over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And I wound up saying the Twins is a very slight favorite. With Chris Archer, you just can't expect a lot of length in general out of him. He has went four innings or fewer in pretty much all but two of his starts thus far this season. So that's not necessarily been too terrific, but in the innings that he has pitched, he's been able to hold down the fort, giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings. Walks have always been an issue for him. That has manifested itself this season, right around 4.2 to 4.3 walks per nine innings. But you can tell that Archer starting to lock down a little bit more. He's been able to deliver some good performances with approximately one run given up in four out of his last five starts. And his last two starts have been his longest, going five innings in both of those. Swing and miss stuff is down a little bit this season, but he's backed up by a bullpen that I'm not going to call it great. I'm not going to call it terrible. They're right around league average. Juan Duran, he is one of the best fireballers that we currently have in the league. He currently leads all Major League Baseball in terms of one or a mile per hour pitches for a reliever. You've had Joe Smith be able to do a relatively solid job this season. He's starting to regress. His ERA is up to right around a 3-1-5, but Jarrell Cotton has been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. Griffin Jacks, as a long guy, has been able to do a nice job as well. And then the Seattle Mariners, their bullpen has been a hot mess this season. They're in the bottom 12 in terms of bullpen ERA. A guy that was so critical to them last year in Drew Seconrider, who we found out from our friend Curtis Rogers. And yesterday, he wound up getting DFA'd. So, that's not necessarily too terrific. Sergio Romo has submerged his ERA to right around a 6. Been able to get some relatively good production out of Penn Murphy, but Diego Castillo, Rayonis Ellis, these guys have had a tough time with it. And for the Seattle Mariners, to their credit, the offense has been looking a little bit better. They did wind up getting shut out yesterday, but I do think that they're in for a little bit of a bounce back. Ty Francis sitting at 325. He's got right around 40 RBI. Julio Rodriguez has been leading the league in terms of stolen bases. He's sitting right around 265. J.P. Crawford, a 300. And then you've got Eugenio Suarez, Adam Frazier, both in a 235. Bo Suarez, 11 home runs. His on base, that is north of a 325. So he's able to do a nice job. He'll be able to hold down the four for the team. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Minnesota Twins. And Byron Buxton is back. And Byron Buxton is back in full force. He's getting a home run every fewer than 10 or so at bats now. He has been a little bit banged up throughout the season, which has been a little bit of an issue for him. 
Bowman. You can tell that in the month of May, he was not right. Here in the month of June, he has been right, and it has been very good for the team. Luis Arias, right around a 450 on base for the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa is now hitting a 300. Then the guys in the middle. You were talking about Trevor Larnage, Ode Palanco, Nick Gordon, Max Kepler, all these guys. In between about a 245 to a 260, Kepler has been dealing with on and off injuries this season, figuring that he's going to be out the fold in this game. But still, even someone like a Gilberto Cecino is able to above a 300. Really, the main guy that has been able to supply the power has been Buxton, but all these guys behind him have been able to get on base, and I think that that's going to be absolutely critical in this spot. The Twins have a little bit of better bullpen. I think that Archer is going to match up relatively well with Chris Flexen, who he wound up having a nice bust out season last Last year, he is very much a pitcher contact guy, a guy that's only giving you right around 6.2-ish strikeouts per nine innings, but the walks are up with him, right around three walks per nine innings. It was critical to his success last year, having command. He has not had that thus far this season. Flexen was better at home than on the road last season. Thus far this season has still been the case, but a 396 home ERA, still not necessarily cutting up 462 road ERA, and he's given up four home runs in his 25 innings at home thus far this season. So, set the Twins as a slight favorite, willing to lay up to a minus 111 with them. Made my total an 8.2 as well, so here at the half, looking under, ball doesn't necessarily travel as much in Seattle as it would during the daytime, and this is also going to be a situation which I'm going to be taking a look at the Minnesota Twins, and we wrap things up with 919, 920 on the betting board. I lied when I said there were no interleague games because this is the lone one as you've got the Kansas City Royals on the road facing off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be going for the Giants and Brady Singer is on the buff for the Royals. Currently no numbers up on this game because it's a little bit of a mystery until after the games on Sunday as to what these two teams are going to be doing with regards to their rotations but with that said when it comes to my handicap of this game I did wind up saying the Kansas City Royals as a plus 221 underdog and with the, with the San Francisco Giants, I'm going to lay up to a minus 221. And with regards to the run line, I wound up setting it at a minus 115 with the Giants. And eight or less looking at an over it with regards to the total eight and a half prior to the under. Now, Brady Singer, ever since he wound up getting recalled from the minor leagues, he's looked a little bit better for this team, but we've seen regression from him. He's made five starts since getting recalled. He wound up having two scoreless starts against the Twins and the Chicago White Sox. Won seven innings in both of those. Ever since then, he has given up a combined 13 runs over the course of 15 and two-thirds innings. Now, that was against the Astros, the Blue Jays, and the Minnesota Twins on the road, so not like he was facing pushovers, but did wind up giving up six bombs along the way. Good news is San Francisco, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Bad news is Giants, they're really starting to find themselves a little bit as well, especially with a bullpen that towards the beginning of part of the season was a little bit of a mess. They used up a bullpen game on Saturday. Most of these guys wound up getting Sunday off, so guys like H. Arlen Garcia are going to be good to go in this game. Camilio Duvall as well. These guys are able to lend a little bit of length, and you do take a look at Alex Wood. Has been a little bit of an up-and-down season for him for 23 ERA. Has given up just five home runs at 55 in the third innings. He's just been giving up a lot of contact in general. Opponents are hitting off of him a 272, and that winds up going up to a 317 at home. Currently, his home ERA is worse than his road ERA, 474 ERA at home, 382 on the road. I do think that we're going to see that wind up being able to iron out a little bit more as he's only been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings thus far this season. And with the San Francisco Giants, you've had Jock Peterson really do a solid job of being able to be the main power guy in the offense. He has been able to s- deliver 13 home runs thus far this season. He, Mike Yastrzemski, Thario Estrada, Austin Slater have been able to do a solid job of being able to supply some average with Yastrzemski and Estrada right around 275, Jock Peterson 265, and then Slater more around a 250-ish, but you've had on top of that Wilmer Flores start to be able to give you some relatively good at-bats. Luis Gonzalez is hitting above a 300 when he comes to the team as well, and then for the Kansas City Royals, this bullpen has been a hot mess. They're currently in the 
the bottom five in the big leagues in terms of ERA. I still think that this is a bullpen that they are underachieving and they are going to be able to turn it around a little bit more. Albert Abreu along Scarpolo, a relatively solid Barlow, a sub-2 ERA. Albert Abreu right around a 3-5-ish ERA and Josh Jamon. You take a look at him overall for the season, a 3.18 ERA. He has really been able to rein it in recently over the last 30 days. He has made 11 appearances, posting up a buck 69 ERA. That's a little bit more of what you could expect out of same out, but Joe Pyamps wound up getting used up yesterday. It was just a hot mess for this Royals team as they were unable to get any length whatsoever out of their starter in Brad Keller. So, and it's going to hurt them moving forward. And with the Giants, I do think that they should be a relatively sizable favorite against a Royals team that currently got the worst record out there in the big league. So, even though it is Alex Wood, I wound up saying the Giants minus 221 on the money line, minus 115 on the run line, and it's a situation which an 8 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at the over 8.5 prior to the under because with the Royals it has been up and down with regards to the offense. They have been able to score at least 4 runs and now 7 out of their last 9 games, but they're going up against that Giants team that has been able to do a better job with the bullpen in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. They're not a team that they wind up hitting a lot of home runs. Salvador Perez right now leading the way with 9 now. To the credit of Bobby Witt Jr., he has been able to turn things around a little bit more in terms of him as a rookie he has been able to over the last three days hit right around about a 265. So that has been something that has been good to see after a very rough start to the year. What Merrifield is sitting right around at 250 over the last three days. And you do take a look at it, and you do have a few other guys that have been able to get on base. Andrew Benintendi has been the main table setter, hitting right around 300. And then you've got Hunter Dozier, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isabel. These guys are in between about a 255 and a 270, and Michael A. Taylor at 275. But that said, eight or less looking over, eight and a half higher to the under. And want to be saying the Giants. Minus 115 on the laying run and half run line. And that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the VEASAN family of podcasts. A big thanks to Jill Gallant of FTM Bets for joining me in the last segment. If you'd like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. If it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Right, that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.